Zakah expenditures are only for the poor and for the needy and for those employed to collect zakah and for bringing hearts together for Islam and for freeing captives or slaves and for those in debt and for the cause of Allah and for the stranded traveler an obligation imposed by Allah and Allah is knowing and wise Hello and welcome to another episode of Experiences and Lessons with Shadab. I'm your host Shadab Akhtar Rabbani and today I'm joined by Maulana Rizwan, the Imam and Khatib of Masjid al-Shifa in Johannesburg. Assalamu alaikum Maulana sahab. Welcome to the podcast. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah for having me. In this segment, we're going to be talking about zakat, the importance of it and whom is it obligatory on. And we have already had a session on had an episode on Laylatul Qadr. So whoever has not listened to that can go back to the previous episode and listen to that. So yes, Mulana Saab, uh, talking about zakat first, uh, I wanted to know uh, the importance of zakat. And it's, it's a pillar of Islam, but a lot of Muslims today, and I mean, a lot of youth, we are not very, really aware of it. I mean, we know a lot about Salah, we know a lot about Psalm fasting, Hajj also at the time of Hajj, but Zakat is something we still don't know a lot about it. So it would be really nice if you could tell us uh, from the importance of Zakat and then we can move on to the more uh, other questions as well. All right. So Alhamdulillah, the, uh, as you mentioned, Zakat is something many people are oblivious of, you know. And the reason for this uh, many times is because many people uh, don't fall into the bracket of those people who need to pay zakat. So this is the reason why many times people are oblivious. Oh. People might live their whole life not without the, the without zakat becoming further on them. You know, there's a friend of mine, in fact, uh, and I, I actually admire this man. <laughs> he's actually he's my mechanic. You know, I go fix up my car by him. So he told me right. one day I was sitting with him. So he says, you know, Monana, I don't like I don't like a lot of wealth. But I only make dua to Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one time should give me enough money so that if, uh, I can pay zakat so that zakat will become farad on me. Because till now zakat has never become farad on me. <laughs> so he says, I make dua to Allah that Allah, if for one reason you ever give me wealth, just give me wealth so that I can pay zakat. That's all. I don't want the wealth for any other reason. So this is a beautiful thing. So this, uh, we understand in the Quran in Majid, Allah Rabbul Izzati Wal Jalal on numerous occasions makes mention Many times we hear that establish the salah and together with the establishment of salah we should pay zakat as well. So this is something which is found continuously, perpetually in the Quran Majid, right? And what this year right. we find in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where Nabi Akarim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says Inna Allah qadif tarada alayhim sadaqatan and this is the riwayat of Bukhari Sharif that uh, it has been commanded from you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it further upon you that you should take out 
alms and you should take out charity from your wealth and this wealth should be taken from the rich and then it should be distributed amongst the poor. And this is the teaching of our beautiful Dean, that how to empower other people and to give people. And in fact, we actually do an injustice. Even in today's time, uh, I deal many times with people with zakat, you know. So people have to give away enormous amounts of money in zakat, even though it's only 2.5% of the wealth. But right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right. has people with so much of wealth that they have such enormous amounts of money to give away. Uh, sometimes they distribute it amongst four to five different people, or sometimes even 10 to 15 different people, so much of wealth Allah Ta'ala has given them. But the ideal thing is actually this year, when we give our zakat, that whatever wealth we have taken out as a lump sum, a huge amount, it's supposed to be given in such a way that it gives someone a whole new lease on life. That someone is given the opportunity and the ability to start his own business, perhaps, or you know, or to buy his own house by himself. So this is the way zakat actually is supposed to be given. And when zakat was given in such a way in the time of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, then we understand that people who take out their zakat and people became so wealthy because this was going on perpetually, that there was no difference between anyone. Everyone was on one and the same level, everyone was taken as a, as a wealthy person. So what would happen is then there was no one to actually accept zakat anymore. So they used to take their zakat, right. and then they used to or they used to leave the zakat outside of the house or they used to hang it on the tree. And sometimes three to four months would go and no one would come take that zakat money. And they used to write a note and they would say, please come and take this money. If anyone needs it, please take it. But no one would take it. No one needed the money. So this was the, when zakat is done well or properly or correctly, then this is from amongst the important matters which will be achieved from zakat is that people will be enriched, you know, and people will be given uh, another lease at life and be made happy. And we find it from zakat. Now the word zakat in the Arabic language, it comes in a few meanings. One is the meaning of praise, right? So when we're taking out our zakat, what is so important about the zakat? When we take out our money in zakat, then we are praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Qarun in the Quran, Ahsin kama ahsan Allah Of course, Qarun was a person whom Allah ta'ala had given lots of wealth. In fact, it would take uh, many strong right. men just to carry the key to the treasury of Qarun. So much of wealth. And the only one thing which he was right. advised uh, by Musa alayhi was that Ahsin kama ahsan Allahu that you should act kind to others as Allah has acted kind to you. Because like how you have a verbal praise, when you say subhanallah, this is how you verbally praise Allah. And then how we have a physical praise, when okay. we perform salat and physically we, we, we praise Allah. And now when we have money, okay. then monetarily, how do we praise Allah? We praise Allah by giving sadaqah or we praise Allah by giving our zakat. So this is the reason why. So it's taken as a praise. So the meaning of zakat, number one, it means praise. The other meaning of zakat, it, right. means, it means purity, right? So zakat right. is a mean, uh, means of purifying ourselves. And I, at the end of this, I'll, I'll mention this here and then I'll conclude with a beautiful hadith so we can understand where these meanings of zakat all come in together, right? So sure. here we have the meaning of purity, that zakat is something that purifies our wealth. And it comes in the meaning of growth as well, that it causes growth in our wealth. And the last meaning is that comes in the meaning of blessings, right? So this wealth which Allah right. subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, 
is a great source of blessing and me, uh, means of happiness for us as well. And it's a means of, you know, enjoyment as well. So on one occasion, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa was giving a khutbah. And this is now where I'm going to explain to you the meaning of how all of these words come into play. So Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa was giving a khutbah. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa in this khutbah, he made mention, he said that from amongst the things which I'm most fearful of for my ummah after my demise, Right. Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open the doors of dunya upon them and the doors of wealth upon them and the doors of affluence upon them until they will be destroyed like how the people before them were destroyed. So one sahabi stood up and this was the beauty of sahaba. He stood up and he said, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that we understand in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to the wealth that we have been granted as khair, as goodness. So is it possible that right. the khair and the goodness can come with shar? That it can have some evil inside of it? So the sahaba right. immediately, they stood up and they cautioned this person. And they said, how can you speak in front of Nabi Sallallahu like this here? In the meanwhile, Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam dropped his head. And sahaba said, we noticed that wahi was coming down upon Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam right. then started perspiring. And after this, he opened his eyes and he asked, Ain sail that where's the person had asked the question? And then uh, this person was brought before Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Innahu la ya'atil khair bishar. He said that that which is good, it can never come with evil. But then Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave a ajeeb, beautiful description and a beautiful example. And this many times you don't hear this, but this riwayat is in uh, Bukhari Sharif. So Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave an example and he said, Inna mimma yumbitul rabi' yaqtulu wa yulim. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that, that rain that falls from the sky, right? It causes beautiful shrubs to grow. And then what happened? Right. Gee, it causes beautiful shrubs and beautiful grass to grow. Now what happens is a cow will come there. Akilatul khadri. أكلت حتى إذا امتدت خاصرتها. It will come and it will eat of the grass of that riverbank. It will eat till it's full, and then it will go. استقبلت أين الشمس. And it will go and it will face itself towards the sun. It will lay down in the sun. Now, as a result of it laying in the sun, what happens? Its food is digested. فثلطت وبالت ورتعت. Now it will pass urine and stool and it will relieve itself. Uh, of all of that which it has taken in. And then Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَإِنَّ هَذَا الْمَالِ خَضِرَةٌ حُلْوَةٌ In the same way, our wealth is like that beautiful green grass, right? And a person will go and he'll eat of the right. green grass. فَنِعْمَ صَاحِبُ الْمُسْلِمِ The best sahib Muslim, the best Muslim is that person, مَا أَعْطَى مِنْهُ الْمِسْكِينَ وَالْيَتِيمُ وَبَنَ السَّبِيلِ He's the person who discharges his wealth. So now to put this whole thing into perspective, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says yeah. that yeah, you have a cow. The example of a cow is given. So the cow is like me and you in sun, right? And the grass is like the wealth which Allah Ta'ala has given us. Now we eat from the wealth which Allah has given us. If we overeat from that wealth, like how the cow, if it overeats from the wealth, and then it doesn't go and lay in the sun so that it can relieve itself, 
it will become sick and it will be the means of its destruction. So that same thing which was a means of pleasure and happiness and goodness for that cow now will become a means of its destruction. In the same way with regard to our wealth, Allah Ta'ala has given it to us. It's beautiful, it's green, it's luscious. We eat of it and we partake of it. But if we do not take precaution and we do not distribute our zakat, then that same wealth which was to be a means of blessing and peace and happiness for us will become a means of our destruction. And Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam speaks about it like grass. <laughs> because why? You're taking it in. You're taking in all this wealth. So this thing is, it's beautiful green. Now we know something what happens when a, when a cow takes that uh, after it's eaten and then it relieves itself. So the stool of that, they call it dung, right? So they put it on the grass. After that, what happens? The grass grows again, correct? The passings of a right. cow, right? So after the cow passes, it yes, yes. then they generally take it and they put it on the grass again. And then it causes the grass to grow better. That's what they generally do, how they treat the fields, right? So what actually happens is that wealth that you're taking out and you're distributing, it's like that dung, it's like that filth. If a person has that filth within him and it remains within him, it's harmful to him. But when he takes it out and he gives it to others, it gives others a chance to grow. And not only that, he'll be able, like how the cow after that is able to eat from the grass again, and then it will take more wealth. Like that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase this person in wealth once again. So this is a ajib example. Actually, you never thought that something like this could come out of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu But so profound was the word of Rasulullah sallallahu where he actually explains this entire concept just by way of a beautiful example. And the ulama mentioned one last thing. It is just a, a side note from this year. That when Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, yeah. it lays, istakbalat ayna shamsi, and it, uh, it faces towards the sun. That only recently scientists found out that, you know, by way of vitamin D, a person actually, the digestive system works much better. If a person is suffering from constipation, then they should spend some more time in the sun. So Nabi Sallam never told, Nabi Sallam told us in the hadith already about it. He said the cow goes and lays in the sun, faces towards the sun. And like uh, by way of this year, uh, the digestive process takes place. So this is what the hadith explains to us. So from this hadith, we can understand, number one, like how that cow takes out uh, you know, all the filth from its body, uh, zakat is a means of purity. Number two, it's a means of growth. Like how when that dung or that filth from the cow's body comes out, it's harmful to it. But once it's put on the grass, it causes growth uh, to that grass outside. And then it will be able to eat from it again. And of course, the blessings uh, and the beauty and the barakah, which comes by uh, spending our wealth and giving it the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a beautiful hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, from amongst the important factors, and just to conclude with this, yeah, just to put everything in perspective. So we mentioned that uh, from zakat, we said that Allah Ta'ala mentions it perpetually in the Quran. Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has mentioned it. Then we mentioned that the meaning of what is zakat, the praise of Allah, purity, growth and blessing. And then we mentioned the hadith. And just to put yeah. it all in perspective overall, uh, it is the command of Allah. It purifies our soul from greed. When we give uh, zakat in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it purifies our soul from greed and it purifies our wealth from impurity. Uh, it also promotes uh, the circulation of wealth that now people uh, will be getting wealth and wealth will be moving around. So the, the rich uh, won't only just stay rich and the poor won't stay poor, but now we will find uh, that the, the, the poor will also become wealthy to an extent. And the rights of the needy will be seen too. And it will create a bridge uh, and a, uh, the, uh, it will create a, a, a bridge uh, between the gap 
which is found generally amongst the affluent and the needy, and it will uh, reduce inequality. Right. So this is the, the amongst the benefit uh, of uh, giving zakat in the way of Allah Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. Really interesting, uh, like the hadith you told me, I, I heard it for the first time and it was really great explanation and uh, subhanAllah. So moving on, uh, so I wanted to know about uh, like, so the question is basically on whom is zakat obligatory and whom can we give the zakat? Okay, so when a person is, who is the zakat uh, obligatory upon? Number one, a person must be Muslim, right? So you have to be Muslim. The second thing is you have to be baligh. You have to be of age, uh, adult, right? So zakat is not right. Is not obligatory upon upon children. And then uh, number three, you must be sane. A person must be in his right uh, state of mind. And this is actually, you know, this is the beauty of shariat, because we understand. So a person might say, but but why a sane person? The reason why a sane person is because sometimes your person is insane and is. He can't go out and work, right? So he might have a lot of money. It might even be more than the, the nisab of zakat. But you have to take into consideration the fact that he's never going to work again. <laughs> so, of course, that money has to now sustain him for a longer period of time. So, la yukallifullah nafsan illa usaha. Allah Ta'ala has not made something more difficult upon you. Something you cannot bear, Allah has not put this upon you. So he has to be sane. So this is the beauty of Shariat. Allah Ta'ala has taken all of this into consideration. And then, of course, a person has to be a malik of the nisab of zakat. He has to have that amount of money, which would uh, be equivalent to the nisab of zakat, which we'll explain just now. And uh, also together with this year, he must have that for one uh, lunar year. That means the nisab of zakat, he must be the malik of that for one entire year. So a person basically has to sit down the day when he has the nisab of zakat, when he attains that amount of wealth in his life, then he has to know that yeah. date. And then one year later, he has to see whether he is still the malik of nisab or not. So this is how it happens. And this is how a person will then calculate his zakat. Okay. okay. Okay, uh, so uh, whom, who can we give the zakat to? So the zakat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in the Quran, إِنَّمَا صَدَقَاتُ لِلْفُقَرَاءِ وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَالْعَامِلِينَ عَلِيَا وَالْمُؤَلَّفِتِ قُلُوبُهُمْ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran that from among the people who should we give our zakat to, number one is the poor and needy. Those people who don't have uh, any wealth for those people who are completely devoid of wealth, they don't have enough to live up. So we give the poor and the needy. Number two, uh, debtors. Those people that are so much in debt that their debt uh, far supersedes uh, the amount of money or the excess money which uh, is zakatable. So those are debtors, the people that are in very, very deep debt. And then the next are uh, the travelers. If a person is a traveler, sometimes a person might have a lot of wealth at home. You know, this year, of course, uh, particularly right. where people used to travel in the past and uh, they used to maybe had lots of wealth at home. But while they were traveling, they were absolutely devoid of any form of wealth. They had nothing. So zakat money would be used to help them maybe to find their way back home as well. Uh, and then number four also uh, is yeah. to spend on the people who are in the path of Allah, Rabbul Izzat wal Jalal, the Mujahideen. Uh, so for them also to give the zakat yeah. to them is acceptable. And then uh, also from amongst the people uh, who you can give zakat to is Mu'allafatil Qulub. That are those people maybe who just accepted Islam and their hearts are still wavering. So sometimes you give them a little bit of money just to give them 
uh, some more courage to to remain as Muslim. So those were people known as Mu'allafatil Qulub. Or even sometimes those people who are just on the brink of accepting Islam. They really had a desire. And just to give them the little bit extra push, so you would give them zakat money, or you just start some uh, wealth amongst them, to just give them that little push to accept uh, Islam and Iman. And this is Mu'allafatil Qulub. Right? And then the last category of people uh, right. is the zakat collectors. And this is spe- uh, specifically for those people who are commissioned to collect zakat on behalf of the government, that they would take a wage from the money that was collected from the zakat money. So these people were also, uh, it would be halal for them uh, to take money or for you to give your uh, zakat money to those people as well. So these are the categories of people who can accept zakat. And then there are those certain categories of people and people might ask the question that who can't we give zakat to? So we'll just mention that at the same, at the very same time that, for example, uh, to the building of hospitals or to the building of masajids or to the upkeep of masajid, all those type of things, we cannot give our zakat money in that way. And then specifically to the descendants of Abbas, Harith, and Jabir, radiallahu Jafar, radiallahu and Aqil, radiallahu ta'ala, to these, to the descendants of these Sahaba Ahlul Bayt, we cannot descend. Uh, we cannot uh, distribute our uh, zakat money to these people. Okay. Okay. And then also to non-Muslims and not to prisoners. So these are the categories of people who you can not distribute your money to, and also to your your children. That means all the ones that come below you, your children, your great children, great great grandchildren, all the way down. And all your parents going upwards, right. your mothers, fathers, all the way up, grandmothers, grandfathers, all the way up. So all the way up and all the way down, you can't give them zakat money. And even to your spouse, a husband can't give a wife and a wife can't give a husband as well. So this is basically what happens. And the reason why, so a person might ask, but why can't we give our own family members? Why can't we give our fathers and our mothers, right? A person might ask the question. The okay. reason for this is because people sometimes use this as a loophole in giving zakat. So, for example, if I got a lot of wealth now, but my wife is not the malik of Nisab, she's not working, right? So I take my zakat, she's zakat because she yeah. actually got no assets, she got no money. So if it was that it possible that I could give my yeah. wife, then I would give it to my wife, but my the wealth would still remain mine. I would still be partaking of right. that wealth, right? Right. <laughs> and the same thing with your father and your mother and your children all the way down. So this is the reason why uh, this particular thing is not allowed. So we learned that the most important thing of this year is actually to empower others. Zakat is there to empower other people, to give other people a chance in life. And this is why we give our zakat. Great. So uh, interesting that is. And how do we calculate zakat? Also, uh, just before you answer that, somebody had asked me that uh, in a situation where I have lost a job, but I I am the malik of nisab. So is zakat still further on me? So look, when you calculating, we start with the nisab and then I'll answer the question, inshallah. All right. So the first thing is, sure, sure, we have. Sure. Uh, how do we calculate the nisab of zakat? So it, based, it basically is based on the price of gold and silver, right? So the price of gold, if you have, if you have wealth equivalent to 87.48 uh, grams of gold, right? Then you would become, then you are the malik of uh, zakat, right? And, gee, that, that's the nisab. Okay. Right. And in silver, it's 612.36, uh, right? So these, if you have that amount in silver or this amount in gold, the amount which I mentioned previously, then you would be the Malik of Nisab. Now, if you have the value of anything 
uh, as as well. That means we have money equivalent to that value of 87.48 in gold and uh, 612.36 in silver. If you have uh, anything else, any wealth or any um, merchandise in your business or anything else equivalent to this value, then you would be liable for, uh, for uh, zakat as well. So this is how basically it works. So for example, here in South Africa now at the moment, I'm from South Africa. So I know that the, the, the zakat is up. Yeah. So 87.48 uh, grams of gold. This is uh, approximately equal to six thousand rand at the moment. At this moment in time, right? So if I have, so that's six thousand rand. Right. So that's how it is. So now you just have to work out eighty-seven. So how much would you pay for eighty-seven point four eight? Uh, uh, what's it? Uh, grams of gold. How much would you pay for it in rupees? And that would be your nisab of zakat. Now you'd have to. If you have money, uh, if you have money or merchandise or anything else, then you wouldn't use the nisab of gold. But you'll use the nisab of zakat. So you'll say 612.36. So you say, okay, how much, how much, uh, how many rupees uh, would I have to pay for 612.36 grams of silver? Now you'll see what's the amount of money that comes out there. So if your wealth or your merchandise in your shop or whatever it is, is equivalent to that amount, then you'd have to pay zakat on it. So that's basically how it works. All right. You got that. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So we have to pay two point five percent of so that you have amount. To pay two and Is so it? now after that, not, not two and two point five percent of the nisab, but you pay two point five percent of your wealth. Now whatever wealth you have. So for example, Jay, okay. So for example, now right. the nisab of zakat is six thousand rand, right? For example, for me. So 6,000 rand, that's how much of zakat, yeah. uh, that's the nisab of zakat. But I have 8,000 rand. So I'm not paying on the nisab. I'm not paying on the 6,000 rand, but I'm paying on my 8,000 rand, the whole 8,000 rand figure. Now I have to take 2.5% of my 8,000 rand, and that is the amount of uh, zakat which I have to pay for that particular. So that, yeah, that's how it works. Now, when a person is calculating okay. uh, his zakat, then a person has to take into consideration all of his merchandise stock. That means whatever he's bought to resell, that is what he has to take into consideration. So all of his business stock, and if he's in agriculture, then that also, or if a person is doing uh, uh, livestock, then from that also he has to uh, take out and he has to count out his uh, nisab of zakat and his amount of wealth which is involved there, and he has to give zakat on that there. So these are the things which are zakatable, and he has to give zakat on. A person doesn't have to calculate what's not included in his zakat in his, is his house or his uh, the things which he needs to love. For example, his house, his car, uh, his clothes, all these things, these are not included in his zakat nisab. What is over and above his wealth, that right. is what is included in his zakat, and that is what he has to take into consideration when he's calculating his zakat. Right. And now uh, moving on to that question, which I'd asked. So if a person has lost his job, but he has that wealth, is Zakat still further? Zakat is still further, correct. You see, the reason, the reason why is because he got that wealth. Alhamdulillah, if a person, that's why if a person is aqil and is baligh and is sane, that was the what I was mentioning and is Muslim, then we have hope, inshallah, that Allah subhanahu yeah. wa ta'ala, by way of him giving his Zakat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like we said, that one of the blessings of Zakat is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase his wealth, inshallah. So by him uh, giving his wealth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him more, inshallah, you know. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, you know, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, one day he said a deep thing. Bilal radiallahu ta'ala was a slave, right? Bilal radiallahu ta'ala was from among the poorest of the poor. Right. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one day told him, he said, Anfiq ya Bilal, wala min dil arfi He said, oh Bilal, spend of your wealth 
and never fear that Allah will cause a decrease in your wealth. Never fear this. Allah will never cause a decrease in your wealth by spending. Never ever. So this is the beauty that we learn uh, from our deen is to spend in the way of Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. I don't know if time permits, can I, can I give you one story, brother? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. It's all yours. <laughs> you know, on one occasion, Ali radiallahu ta'ala, and this is just to understand the value of spending, you know. So Ali radiallahu ta'ala, on one occasion, he was standing outside of his house. And there was a person that was asking for something to eat. So he came past Ali radiallahu ta'ala, and he said, don't you have anything, uh, you know, for a poor person to eat? So Ali radiallahu ta'ala, uh, he sent his sons, Hassan and Hussein. He said, you go inside and ask your mother, Fatima, that I left uh, some six dirhams by her. And she should give that for this man. So when they came inside, Fatima explained that this is just sufficient to see to our bread for the house. Just for our basic uh, necessities and our needs. We don't have any surplus wealth. So they came out to Ali message. So Ali right. told, her, told, him, he told him, he said that go back to your mother and you tell your mother, that he said get go tell your mother that your iman cannot be correct until you have more conviction with regard to that which is by Allah than that which is by yourself. You have more conviction in that. So tell her to send out the him. So she sent it out. And then he gave it to the poor person. And the poor person went on his way. Ali Rajalatan was standing outside. And then there was a person that was walking past. He had a camel. So Ali Radiallahu asked him, are you selling this camel? He said, yes. He said, how much are you selling it for? So he said that I'm selling it for 140 dirhams. So Ali Radiallahu said, can you leave it with me? And I'll pay you for it just now. So that person said, okay, fine, no problem. So he left the camel with Ali Radiallahu and he went away. Ali Radiallahu says, I never moved from that place. Another person came past. He said, oh, Ali, you're selling this camel. He said, yes, I'm selling it. He said, how much are you selling it for? He said, I'm selling it for 200 dirhams. That person said, okay. He came, he brought the money, he gave it to Ali Radilatran. Ali Radilatran took out the 140 dirhams and he went to go and give it to the person who he owed. And then he came with the 60 dirhams to Fatima okay. Radilatran. So he gave it to Fatima Radilatran. Fatima Radilatran said, Mahada, what's this here? So Ali Radilatran said, This is the promise of Allah which was given to us by the tongue of Rasulullah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Manja abil hasanati, falahu ashru amthaliha. That if you will give one, Allah will give you ten. If you give one, Allah will give you ten. So, oh, Fatima, you gave six. Allah Ta'ala has given you sixty. And he gave you to Fatima. So, this is the beauty. It was multiplied by ten. You know. So, this is what we tell the people. That if you are the valik of Nisab, Allah Ta'ala has given you enough now. Then spend it. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, by His grace, will give you more than this. And Sahaba understood this here. That when they spend in the way of Allah, Allah will give them more. Right, inshallah. So uh, a lot of Muslims, like most Muslims, give their zakat out in Ramadan. Uh, can we give it uh, during other other time of the year? Yeah, Alhamdulillah, we can. The zakat generally the reason why people tend to give it out in the last. Uh, in, the, in the month of Ramadan is because of the increase in reward. Whatever you do in the month of Ramadan, we know the hadith of Rasulullah said, The person who carries out a non-obligatory action 
in the month of Ramadan, you will be granted the reward of having carried out an obligatory action in any other time of the year. And if a person carries out an obligatory action in the month of Ramadan, then he is granted the reward of having carried out 70 faraid, 70 obligatory actions. So this is the blessing which is attached to the month of Ramadan. So when a person gives his zakat out any other time of the year, then you will just get the reward of fulfilling one, uh, one farad. But if you use it out in the month of Ramadan, then he has capitalized right. on getting the reward of 70 farad having been fulfilled. So this is the yeah, reason why people give it out in the month of Ramadan. Subhanahu. And the other thing is, of course, to see to the, the needy and so forth, etc. So there's lots of uh, other added values also in giving our wealth in the month of Ramadan. But now one of the beauties actually that we learn from our deen, and this is a very important lesson uh, with regard to our zakat as well. So we can give it out at any other time of the year, our zakat. In fact, now when it came to this whole COVID-19 right. situation, many people were asking the question, because there are so many people that I need, you know, that uh, maybe our, our zakat is only going to become farad fast in Ramadan. Can we start distributing our zakat before Ramadan? That means before uh, the date of our nisab comes in, right. because we know we have extra wealth. So we would say yes. Right. That you can even disturb before the time if you have over and excess wealth, you more or less cal calculate what your assets are and you want to distribute your zakat before uh, the end of that year comes, you can do that as well. Before you become, uh, before that zakat becomes wajib upon you, you can uh, do your zakat as well. So it doesn't only have to be also after the time has elapsed or only once a certain date has passed, you can distribute your zakat before the time as well. So it can be distributed in the month of Ramadan, it can be distributed out of the month of Ramadan. If there's a need even for people, then you can distribute it before the time of it uh, becoming further upon you even sets in. So this is the importance and the beauty of zakat as well. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. So yeah, uh, Alhamdulillah, you have explained uh, zakat fully and uh, inshallah we'll all understand. We have all understood from that and most of my listeners will benefit from that. Also, I wanted to know about fitra and uh, what is it? Is it obligatory and whom is it obligatory? And also the difference between zakat, khairat, fitra and sadaqah and that's it. These are... so. Basically, uh, Sadaqatul Fitr, yeah. or what we call it, is, uh, right? So the Sadaqatul Fitr is basically we give this year to uh, cleanse ourselves from any form of sin that we might have uh, committed during our fasting. We know that all our all of our actions are naqis, you know, we always have so much of deficiency in our actions. So we know that in our salah, many times in our salah, we think of other things besides Allah. And Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us that we, oh, we get our uh, sins our, you know, uh, the things that we do wrong in our salah, we get it overlooked uh, by way of performing lots of nawafil salah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically, you know, covers up all the, the wrongs in our faraid salah by way of our nawafil salah. And this is why we are taught to do uh, nawafil salah. Now in the very same way with regard to our fasting, many times in our fasting, uh, we might do something wrong, we might look at something wrong, we might speak something wrong. So we now give this year the Sadaqatul Fit as an atonement for all of the wrongs you might have carried out while, uh, while we were fasting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course there's a very severe warning uh, in the sense that Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has told us that when a person uh, a person's uh, salah, a person's fasting, it's left suspended until that time when a person uh, pays his Sadaqatul Fitr. Then only his uh, fasting is accepted by Allah Rabbul Izzati Wal Jalal. So we have to pay our Sadaqatul Fitr. And Sadaqatul Fitr is wajib upon every person uh, that has the Nisab of Zakat on the day of 
Eid. So if a person has the uh, nisab of zakat on the day of Eid, then he has to pay sadaqatul fitr. And sadaqatul yeah. fitr is wajib upon our children as well as ourselves. So we have to pay sadaqatul fitr on, our, on behalf of our children. If our children themselves have the nisab of zakat uh, and they have a lot of wealth of their own, then it can be paid from their own wealth. Otherwise, the fathers, they will pay sadaqatul fitr uh, or the mothers, they will pay sadaqatul fitr on behalf of their children. And a husband can pay sadaqatul fitr on behalf of his wife uh, as well. So we, everyone, sadaqatul fitr is wajib upon everyone. Everyone needs to pay sadaqatul fitr and particularly those people who are the maliks of uh, and the people who own the wealth of uh, the nisab of zakat. So they will pay sadaqatul fitr. And we should try to give okay. those, our sadaqatul fitr before the day of Eid. Before we go to the musalla on the day of Eid, we should try to discharge our sadaqatul fitr. If there is for some reason a delay, then by latest the day of Eid, we should try to discharge our sadaqatul fitr. However, we must understand that the obligation of sadaqatul fitr doesn't fall off us. If a person hasn't paid his sadaqatul fitr and the day of Eid has passed by, then even he must still pay sadaqatul fitr. He still has to take out that sadaqatul fitr money. So he has to take it out. And the benefit of sadaqatul fitr actually, also one is that we mentioned, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa said, it's a means of... Um, Getting all the faults of our, our of our fasting overlooked, we mentioned this, and we said that uh, there's a barrier between uh, his salah, his uh, psalm being accepted and not being accepted in the court of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Uh, so we mentioned this as well, and the sadaqatul fitr is that thing which removes this barrier. And finally, of course, it is there to help the poor people. That the poor people also want to enjoy a little bit of Eid and they want to have something nice on the day of Eid. So on this day. We give our poor the day we try to discharge yeah. our sadaqatul fitr. So at least the poor people might have a beautiful meal or they might be able to get some nice clothes or they might be able to get something to eat as well. So this is the reason why we give sadaqatul fitr. Right. Uh, so the other question was uh, the difference between zakat, khairat, fitra and sadaqah, if you can give it in brief, uh, like what right. exactly is So what? basically zakat is dead well. Uh, is the distribution of uh, wealth which is fard upon us. So it's a fard, uh, it's, uh, we have to take out that wealth right. and shariat has made it binding on us, right? So that there falls in a category of fard, okay? And then we have the second set of spending right. and this year we have our sadaqatul fitr. This year falls in the category of wujub. Uh, right. It is wajib to take out this particular uh, money. So this year falls under right. the category of wujub. Now wujub is just uh, under the category of fard. So the category of farad is that thing which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala okay. himself in the Quran has stipulated as farad. And this year is binding upon us. Now we have in the hadith certain things which Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has described as binding. So this year would be falling in the category of wujub. This is wajib. right? And then we have our sadaqah and our khairat where we're just giving fi sabilillah and we're giving our sadaqah. And this year is uh, known as... Uh, what you call this, uh, as, as non-obligatory charity. So we give it out every day of our life whenever we have extra money, that one, two rupees or three rupees or whatever we want to give in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that there is now a separate category. So besides the first two categories, the one is farad, that is of course our zakat, and then we have our sadaqatul fitr, this year is also falling under the category of wajib. Then whatever fall comes after that day, that there would be non-obligatory. And we give it at our own uh, at our own comfort and at our own time whenever uh, we feel that we are comfortable to be able to give that type of money in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
Right, subhanAllah. Jazakallah khair, uh, Malana sahab. Thank you for sharing all the knowledge. Uh, inshallah, mm-hmm. we'll all benefit from that. Uh, may Allah help us benefit from that. And may Allah help us uh, follow mm-hmm. what you have said with ease. So Jazakallah khair for, for your time. It was really nice having you here. And uh, inshallah, hope to have <laughs> more <laughs> sessions <laughs> in the future. Jazakallah khair uh, for having so Allah ta'ala reward you and Allah ta'ala grant us all khair, barakat and afiyat. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all of our efforts and our ibadat uh, in these last 10 days of Ramadan as well, inshallah.